Welcome to Talkin' SEC. Writer, photographer, and producer Philip Jordan discusses the latest news and breaks down the biggest games with the best analyst around. Now, from Southeast Alabama, a state that knows its sports, here is Philip Jordan. What's up, y'all? Welcome into Talking SEC. I'm your host, Philip Jordan, from Last World College Football and 96.9 The Legend in Dothan, Alabama, where I'm the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Woods Football. Got a fun one for you this week. I'm going to be joined by Jake Crane, host of the J-Boy Show over on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, the J-Boy Show has really taken off this past year. It's one of the new podcasts within the past year. Jake has tremendous guests every single episode. The guy goes daily. I mean, Monday through Sunday. So uh, he does a great job with his podcast, and we're going to jump around and do just a couple things. Talk about his podcast and what led him to doing the J-Boy Show. We'll talk about him a little bit being a, a coach at the college level as well. We'll talk about podcasting as a whole. We'll look at some Alabama, their new members of their coaching staff. We'll look at Auburn. We'll talk about Brian Harson. We'll talk about Mike Bobo, Derek Mason, and Bo Nix. And a bunch of good stuff. A bunch of good stuff here on the podcast. Before I get in my conversation with Jake and I'll stay tuned to the end because I got a cool announcement. Nothing really with this podcast, but something else I'm doing uh, moving forward uh, here through um, as the football season ended in 2021. Just let you guys know that. But tune in to the end of the podcast and i will uh, announce that for you guys but before i get in my conversation with jake i'll let you guys know you can find me and the podcast you can find me on social media at p jordan sec you can find the show on twitter at talking sec pod of course you can listen to the podcast on apple podcast spotify and all your favorite podcast platforms and if you're on apple podcast please subscribe rate and review leave a review i will reach it on a future edition of the show and remember you can check out clips from talking sec over on mark rogers tv on youtube so go subscribe on youtube to mark rogers tv and as always you can always email me at sports talk phil jordan at gmail.com now let's talk to jake crane host of the jake boy show everybody joining me on talking sec this week and i'm really excited about this guest uh, one of the best podcasters out there uh, come on the scene this past year sec national college football nfl baseball whatever sport this guy has got you covered talks to all the big names i am joined this week by jake crane host of the j boy show of course you can listen to it over on the believe podcast network and jake man i appreciate uh, you taking out the time coming on the show this week hey definitely man excited to uh get on and talk some ball and uh uh enjoy your audience and appreciate them for tuning in and uh, let's have some fun i'm looking forward to it oh yeah absolutely absolutely sec uh there you know that's the thing about sec man and the people that ask me this that how in the world uh, do you talk about sec football year round it's not hard especially me doing once once a week uh, you do every day i mean this conference gives us stuff to talk about all the time Oh, it does. It's evergreen, as I like to call it, whether it's off season and recruiting, and we all know recruiting never ends, coaching changes, uh, on-field uh, performance, uh, NCAA investigations, uh, whatever, whatever can happen, it happens in the SEC. It's beautiful, and it really does just mean more. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I use that all the time. Actually, uh, I um, my host is SoundCloud, and you put hashtags in there. So I put it just means more on every episode just to, to kind of get that going there uh, with that hashtag. And, you know, before we kind of jump into kind of, you know, kind of the football-related topics going to talk about, you know, I was just kind of, you know, I was I did my research a little bit. I know you, you did some, you know, assistant coach at several different schools in high school at Spanish Fort as well. That's one of the great programs in this state, just as me doing high school football stuff here in Dothan. That's one of the great great programs in the state. I know you played baseball at uh, South Alabama. Just how does uh, one, uh, a college coach, transition into uh, being a podcaster? Very successful one at that. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I was very fortunate. Uh, coached at, at many different levels, a year in high school, all the way up to four and a half in Division One, and, and got to see a lot of things, and it exposes you to, you know, different areas of the game that are interesting in different parts of the country and being able to travel, which is something – I enjoyed, but to be honest with you, uh, came back uh, for Christmas break. I was up in Montana coaching, and, you know, I, I grew up. My dad was All-American linebacker at Auburn, played in the NFL, and, you know, football is what we did from our sports really in general, and I just happened to be better at baseball than I was at football and decided to play that, and then when I got into coaching, obviously uh, the football angle ended up working out for me, but, you know, loved doing it. And came back and, and just wanted to make a change. And, you know, with the pandemic hitting and all that stuff, uh, the timing was crazy. And started it kind of off a whim. Didn't really, you know, know where it was going to go. Again, I'm just a football coach, man. I'm not Steve Jobs or anything. So from a te- technological standpoint, you know, it's me talking into my phone, into a microphone. It wasn't some sort of huge, you know, di- diabolical setup. But, uh, you know, it just kept growing. And our guests uh, kept getting better and better. And, the audience kept growing, and, and I think it's something at the end of the day where, you know, we don't talk politics. There's there's none of that. You know, you can get that anywhere, and we kind of go behind the scenes, whether it's a schematical look at football or basketball, and I want our audience to be able to really understand the game on another level so when they're watching, you know, our slogans, win the water cooler, I want you to be able to go to work and be smarter than all your buddies and know where the recruits are going and say, hey, when they say, oh, well, you know, Alabama needs to run the ball better, well, what does that mean? Let's talk about how they can run the ball better or why they can run the ball better, uh, personnel, formation, stuff like that. So it's just blossomed into something beautiful, and I'm, I'm very fortunate and uh, very appreciative. Yeah, and, and I'm with you uh, 1% on the politics. That's what I do on all my shows. I get away from it. Uh, if you want to talk about that stuff, you can go somewhere else. For one, when football season ends, I'm not paying attention to that stuff anyways. I've got my head into uh, high school football on Friday night, college football on saturday and the nfl on sunday the monday so yeah, i'm like if you know i'm not i'm not your guy i'm not your i'm not your guru there uh you know and, and i'm always intrigued just people who do this as well because you know i think a lot of people that don't do it think oh man it's easy you just get behind a microphone and talk i'm like that's the easy part actually it's the getting ready making sure you got your thoughts aligned that's the, that's always to me the hard part and then of course the fun part all just on my end i love editing that's the one thing i uh, I'm actually really uh, passionate about is editing the show after I get done with it. But uh, what's been one interesting for you, interesting thing for you to you know that's happened with the podcast, or if you've learned, or people reach out? What's probably one of the more interesting things uh, through this past year of you doing the Jake Boy Show? That's a great question. I would say you know some of the best conversation that I have with some of the guests, whether it was you know Paul Feinbaum or Kenny Maine or Bruce Pearl or or whoever is really kind of talking in the pre-show with uh, with them a little bit, and you get to know them, uh, and you realize, you know, some of these guys that you see on TV that you've watched forever and are on game day and all this, that, you know, they're just cool guys. Uh, yeah. And just some of the conversations are really friendships that I've built. <clears throat> Me and Danny Woodhead, 
who I had on the show to have, you know, become buddies. And, and it's been like that uh, with, with most of the people that I've interacted with. Uh, so I would say that probably just getting to know the people, you know, before we go on the podcast. But, you know, you're right. One thing, one thing I say, Philip, uh, is that if I was a chef for as long as, you know, I did football, whether it was coaching, playing and watching and, uh, you know, learning or protégeing, I guess you could say, I'd probably have a good chef podcast. But uh, it, it is, you know, being able to collect your thoughts. So what I really try and do is take, you know, some of the complex stuff in the game and kind of kick it down into layman's terms or make it a little more understandable, kind of as I alluded to earlier, uh, to where you're watching the game a little bit differently. You understand, hey, that penalty was thrown there. Probably a good chance it's this. Uh, and, and, again, you just become more of a student of the game because uh, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, uh, sports is such an integral part and such a fabric of our society and who we are, especially down here in the South. Uh, it helps make cities go, and, and you grow up sometimes with a football in your crib or uh, a softball in your crib or a ba- – it doesn't matter. It's just it's something that's part of us, and I think that people want that, and they want to be more knowledgeable about it and being able to do it with guests that are funny and, and – you know, you, you don't uh, have to feel bad when you're listening to it or telling you or, you know, telling you how you should feel or what you should do. So uh, I really think that's the angle that we push. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm with you, too. That's one thing I've learned doing is talking to people before you hit record because then they're a little bit more loose with you. And I think most people that come on to any anybody's show, they want to kind of just feel like in a way they're more comfortable if they feel like it's two buddies. Not It's not just, hey, it's, you know – very professional lot, very, you know, buttoned up. I think, and I think that's the advantage podcast over radio because radio, a lot of times you do, I don't know you've done radio spots and I've, I've done a handful. You're on there 10, 15 minutes, maybe then you're done. I mean, it's very put to the point. I don't think in a way it's kind of hard unless you know the host, you know, personally, it's hard to gain that connection with them or, you know, that camaraderie. But on a podcast like this, we can talk, 15 20 30 minutes or an hour i mean you've done you know all of those time lengths and i think that's one great thing about podcast the long form aspect of it where you can just sit down and just have a chat and just talk ball like two guys at the restaurant or at the bar just hanging out just having a good time yeah and and it's real genuine that that's the way that i like to put it it's not you know scripted and i i have bullet points and stuff that, that i may glance at every now and then but what i found is once the conversation starts and it gets going and, and you're getting to the good stuff and you're developing rapport with each other and you're almost starting to finish each other's sentence or, uh, you know, you both are, are making each other laugh in, in ways that are funny not only to you, but everybody can understand. It's, it's not inside jokes. Uh, and I think, you know, the guests kind of loosen up. And not that, you know, you're trying to, to trick them or manipulate them, but they start to feel like, you know what, this is just a great conversation that I mm-hmm. enjoy having. You know, the best uh, podcast that I've done, I forget to look at the time sometimes, and I try and keep mine mm-hmm. under 40 minutes. Uh, I want to make it a, as long as your commute is because we put one out every day. But you really, like you said, the, the guest kind of loosens up. Uh, he, uh, he or she lets the audience know a little more, maybe a story they indulge that they wouldn't have if they weren't as comfortable, or maybe an angle or a take or a perspective that they feel comfortable enough to, to be able to kind of uh, go further into and expound upon. So uh, I do think that that's something that separates uh, you know, not not just radio and podcasts, but, you know, a good show from a great show. A, a good show mm-hmm. is informative. A great show has feel. Uh, and, and when you're listening to it, you want to feel like you're part of the conversation. And what I say is I want my guests to feel like, or excuse me, I want my audience to feel like they snuck into, you know, if you're an Auburn fan, the Auburn football facility, and you're in the coaching office, and you brought a decoder thing with you, so now you can understand what they're saying and doing all that. I really want uh, that feel to it and you only get there from being genuine and being real and being yourself 
Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, if you, you know, most people, if you try not to do that, that they can read through it. Most, I think most people are, you know, are now intelligent enough. They're like, okay, this is, he's phoning it in or he's not actually who he's trying to be. So yeah, it's, it is, and it is a fun medium in, in being in, in podcasts as well. So now, you know, kind of jump into, you know, we just ended the season. We're recording this on Monday. Of course, we are the day after the Super Bowl. So football this season is done. Uh, this is not a always a happy day on my end. I'm sure you're about the same way. It's kind of like, man, what am I going to look for this weekend? I know there's other sports, but just there's something different about football. But, man, overall, I've got to say, and you know, being in state of Alabama, I'll say this too, you know, especially, you know, I do cover high school football for 969 The Legend as well. Going through the high school football season, yeah, there were some hiccups there. College football with hiccups there, but SEC mostly got most of their season in, and NFL got all their games, regular season and playoff games played this year. Just, you know, to you and in your opinion, I mean, how well do you think pretty much everybody involved with football, I guess outside the Big Ten, you know, <laughs> handled things this year when it comes to just getting the season going with everything that was going on? Well, you know, we, we got through both championships, uh, obviously the Super Bowl that just ended, and and being able to get those games in and even without, you know, being able to fill the stadiums and the limited capacity and the hiccups along the way, uh, we got through it. And it shows you, uh, you know, that patience went out in the end. And I think one guy stands out, and that's SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Uh, when everybody was kind of going one way, he said, wait a second, let's be patient. Let's see how it unfolds. And turns out he was right. Not only was he right, he actually changed the minds of the other people that kind of share that responsibility and in other parts of the United States. So to me, I, I think the narrative now goes from the SEC, oh, the big bad conference that just wants to win, so they cheat and do all this, to the SEC, the patient conference that made the right decision and didn't blink in the face of adversity. So my hat's off to Greg Sankey leading the way, the athletic directors all throughout the conference, no matter what school. And I think they were the guiding light and showed that uh, they don't only win on the field, they can lead off the field. And to me, that's what separates the Southeastern Conference in every sport, uh, including basketball, which I think they're going to take over as the top conference in the country in the next three to five years anyway. Uh, but again, just being able to get through them, letting the guy play. The guy, I feel happier for the players than I do anybody. Uh, the guys that have worked so hard to be able to get in this position, that have worked their whole lives to be able to get that scholarship and have a chance to compete, uh, especially the, the seniors uh, and the guys that now, you know, you have an opportunity to come back as well. Uh, if you look at guys for Auburn like Tyrone Truesdale and a couple others, it gives you another chance. Maybe you didn't have the year you wanted and want to let the scouts look at another year of tape or maybe get that senior bowl invite. So being able to play the season does so much more than just get the games over with, per se. And I think Greg Sankey was the guiding light in this whole deal. Yeah, look, you know, and I'll tell everybody, you know, I was not able to play due to, due to health reasons. I've never coached. You know, I'm, I'm a guy that loves the sport. I talk to the microphone. I write about it. I take pictures about it. You know, I just, I just, I'm just a big fan. But for you, you know, you've been involved with the game as a coach, player. You know, you've been around a lot closer, closer than I have. And, you know, you hear, we heard about going into the season. I know Ed Ergeron was one said, hey, football matters you know these guys need to be out there they need football you've heard other coaches say that high school level the college level uh how important is it for these guys you know that, that they had a season that these guys were able to do what they do able to have a season what's that importance for the game for these players well you know for the players it's some sort of normalcy uh it, it, again you you've worked this long you've worked this hard for an opportunity and whether you're finishing out your career or just starting it you know, it's a big step in your life, and uh, the routine's been thrown off for everybody. But, you know, I think also 
being able every Saturday or if it was, you know, Max during the week, being able to, to get your family together and, and watch the game and, and the crazy circumstances that we've had due to the pandemic is something that, that kind of brought some normalcy, not just to the players, uh, but to everyone because we're mm-hmm. all involved in this. Whether fan or coach whether you had a snap in your life it doesn't matter when when you choose uh to be a college football fan to be an sec fan uh to you know fly that flag we're all in this thing together and whether you're sitting down with the family and just happy to see each other and have somewhat of a normal saturday like it used to be during this crazy year or you're a player that's grinded since you were six years old against all odds to get a full scholarship and your education paid for and to be able to step on that field in the biggest stage and compete you know, it, it helps everybody. So I think that's the thing you got to look at because uh, at the end of the day, college football, we really are one big family. Regardless, if you're a rival uh, fan of another one, uh, you want to be able to watch your team play. You want to be able to watch them compete, good, bad, or indifferent. They're your team, and I think they gave that to us this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember the first Saturday the SEC was back. I remember watching LSU Mississippi State, and I was like, I know right now isn't normal, but for these few hours I feel normal. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and it was no. great. It was great. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you, and as much, and, and I am also an NFL fan, that takes me out of it because, you know, you, a lot of those games, we didn't see fans. But at least we had some fans with our SEC games, and that kind of, you know, like you said, brought some of that normalcy. And, man, even in sports, I think a big the great thing about sports, it can just, one, it brings us together. And, two, it can kind of, for a few hours, we can kind of forget about everything, what's going on in the world, differences, you know, the pandemic, whatever. And uh, we can all just come together and just enjoy a ball game. And that, that's what's great about sports, in my opinion. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it doesn't matter <laughs> what side of the aisle you're on. If, if your team scores a touchdown and you turn around and high-five each other like you've been mm-hmm. best friends your whole life because you are part of an exclusive club together. And, uh, again, it, it brings people together. That's what sports does, especially college football, especially in the region that we're in. It brings people together, uh, and I think that's something that, that should be celebrated. So now, of course, Auburn and man, you were all over on Twitter during the coaching search and everything, and nobody saw Brian Harson coming in as being the head coach. I mean, with all the the other stuff you'll see on message boards, uh, you know, Twitter, whatever, you know, people mentioning names and what was going on there, and uh, you know, that's that's you know, that's old news. But uh, this new staff coming in, and look, I'll be honest, and, and look, I'm a guy. I write about Auburn for last World College Football. I've been watching this conference for a while. I like the Derek Mason hire. I will say that at defense coordinator. I'm, I don't hate Mike Bobo as the offense coordinator, but it's not like somebody I guess I would have said, yeah, that that's great because I don't know. There's just – I've got a lot of Georgia fan, friends, and they kind of, you know, I remember them frustrated with Bobo. But but for you, you know, not me, you know, not worrying about what my, my thoughts are here, but you, Bobo and Derek Mason, do you think Harson uh, knocked it out of the park with those two hires? Uh, I mean, I, I think they're really good hires. And what, what I think, obviously, Derek Mason, you know what you're getting, a uh, guy that knows the lay of the land, guy that has relationships with high school coaches, you know, not only on the West Coast where he's really from, but now that he's been at Vanderbilt and recruiting the Southeast for so long. And that was a big part of what I think Brian Harson had to do coming in from the outside. I think Mike Bobo in that same discussion, uh, obviously huge in the state of Georgia, will always be able to recruit a quarterback, has great relationships with high school coaches all over the Southeast, not just in the state of Georgia, and knows where to go, knows where Auburn can have success in certain states, which it's all a race for efficiency. And if you're Brian Harson, you'd much rather have some of the puzzle put together than have to come in and put the puzzle pieces together from scratch. Uh, so I think that's a big part. Offensively, you know, Mike Bobo, I think it's going to be a blend a little bit of, of what he's done with what Brian Harson wants to do. I think you're going to see the outside zone, the stretch that Harson loves, 
with the gap scheme and the, and the intricate play-action passing game, the use of the tight end that Mike Bobo is known for, which is going to be a refreshing thing for Auburn fans. Uh, you know, we haven't had a tight end catch passes really since Ludson Kirkin. And yeah. at the end of the day, I think you've got a guy that can develop quarterbacks. And with a guy like Bo Nix that's returning, Mike Bobo, a guy that developed Matt Stafford, Aaron Murray, uh, Jake Fromm, you, you, you know, you go down the list through his whole career. He was a quarterback, and I think that mixture him and Brian Hartson will be the best thing for Bo Nix. Uh, and you have Tank Bigsby returning as well, so you can build a run game around that. But the biggest question is up front. Are they going to be able to, to plug and place guys from the portal? Uh, because there's not a, a ton of tackle talent on the roster, per se. they got a bunch of guards, but that's one area of personnel they've really got to fix. But I do think that Harson did a great job hiring his staff. I was surprised he didn't keep Travis Williams. I thought he might keep him. He did retain Cadillac. Uh, but, again, it's his show. It's uh, got to be done his way, and I think he did that with these hires. Yeah, uh, look, I think the last two quarterbacks, Bo Nix and Jarrett Stidham, I've turned into, and some of my friends have taught, called me this, the Auburn quarterback apologist, because I was always about Jarrett Stidham. I said he's a talent, but there's issues, you know, offensive line and maybe play calling. And I said the same thing with Bo Nix. To both of them quarterbacks, I see the same traits from both of them. They would leave the pocket way too early, but that's because maybe there's no trust in the offensive line. Uh, but with Bo Nix, is it – you know, from what you've seen of him, is it just the fundamentals? If he can get that fixed, staying in the pocket, setting his feet, you know, the fundamental things, is that one of the things that maybe that can take him to the next step? Or is there other things with Bo Nix's game that he needs to do to, like I said, take that next step? Which I know offensive line, you know, you got to get that fixed as well. That's been a struggle for Auburn. Yeah. But uh, Bo Nix going to year three, I mean, what does – and this is a long question, I know, but basically – with Bobo, with Harson, and Bo Nix himself, if he's going to take that next step to the next level in his third year, what do you think he needs to do? Oh, well, you said it. He's got to be able to stay in the pocket, uh, trust himself, set his feet, be able to scan the field, be able to go through more than one progression, uh, be able to hang in there, and it's not too bad to be able to throw the check down. You know, you watch Tom Brady kill you with a 1,000 check downs. Uh, it's a lot better to be in second five than it is second ten. It changes the way defenses have to uh, play against you. But it also, you know, I think it'll eliminate some of the turnovers in his game that happen typically when he's scrambling, especially when he's scrambling to his left. Uh, but being able to trust the offensive line is a big part, and that's been a big problem for Auburn. You said it. Everybody knows it. Being able to protect him, he's, you know, the clock in his head's all over the place. Uh, but I do think with the play-action game and now being able to go under center and in the gun and mix that up, uh, I think that'll keep pass rushers a little bit behind uh, that's going to be. That's why they got to be able to run the ball because if you can run the ball, you can play action people, and play action really slows down the pass rush. Even if it's two man combinations or anything, you can get away with it. And I think that'll protect Bo Nix a little bit. And I, I think what Mike Bobo and them will do is say, "Listen, you don't have to do it all, man. You know, you can get in the business of throwing the ball away. You're athletic. We could run you. You can take off and scramble for first downs through the pocket, and all that stuff's great." But you can't just wheel it and deal it out here and take off when you want to and do this, that, and the other. You've got to play within the system. You've got to play within the pocket until you have to leave it. And I think that'll help him develop and really calm down because I think he is an accurate passer and he does have great anticipation. 
Yeah, you know, just be my final question, you know, on Auburn, and we'll move on to the next topic. But uh, with this offense, they're going to run with, you know, like you said, with Harson and Bobo, and obviously it's going to be different than what they ran under Gus Malzahn. Uh, do you do you see that maybe they will give more trust to the quarterback at the line of scrimmage than what you would see under a Gus Malzahn offense, which basically was, you know, a lot of times they look over line of scrimmage and they change the play to do it like that. But do you think Bo Nix or whoever's playing quarterback in the future at Auburn under this uh, coaching? coaching staff would have more control or more responsibilities at the line of scrimmage? That's a good question. I think they will, but you got to earn it. you got to prove that, you know, you know the system uh, inside and out before you can go changing things. And most of the time in college, it's changes in the run game. You're not going to get a ton of changes uh, in pass calls. Uh, you know, you brought up the check with me stuff they did under Gus Malzahn where, you know, you look, you, you, you fake snap and look to the sideline and get a play after you've seen the defense adjust. Uh, but again, what I think you will see is Auburn will be operating out of heavier personnels more, uh, and they'll be able to use that heavy personnel more in the passing game. You say, okay, well, you know, what does that really have to do with the question? Well, it, it has to do a ton with it because what you can start doing is out leveraging people. And if you're Bo Nix and we've got, you know, whatever the power call to the left, uh, to the field, and you line up and you see, hey, wait a minute, they're in an under front. We got them over leveraged, over leveraged to the backside, and we're in 12 personnel which means you got two tight ends out there. Well, heck, I'm just going to flip the play to the other side, and we're going to run to where the numbers stay and where the leverage dictates. So small things like that and being able to keep teams off balance. I think Auburn kind of fell in love with certain personnel in certain places too much uh, and running the same plays, so they aren't able to disguise anything. I think the book was kind of out on Malzahn, and the problem with what Auburn used to do is if the run game wasn't there, you really had no chance because the pass game wasn't intricate enough to be able to confuse people if it wasn't off an RPO or a busted coverage or something like that. So I do think he'll, whoever it is, will have the ability to check more at the line for the run game, but you got to be able to show you know the whole offense before you get in there and start adding stuff to the sauce. You know, and I kind of want to talk a little bit what's going on in Tuscaloosa. I mean, Alabama wins another championship. I saw something funny on Twitter on Sunday night. Someone actually put who retires first, Tom Brady or Nick Saban. I guess that's kind of like where we are now in the football world. <laughs> We're wondering which one of them two is going to call it quits first. But I- I'm impressed with some of the new uh, coordinator and assistant coach hires at Alabama. Of course, Sarkeesian going to Texas, but you bring in Bill O'Brien to be uh, your OC, who I think Bill O'Brien was a good coach in the NFL with Houston, Texas. But he's not a good GM. And then Doug Marone had good years at uh, Jacksonville. Just overall, when you look at Alabama, uh, what were your impressions over their new uh, their new staff hires? <laughs> well, it's just funny. Nick Saban's just hiring NFL coaches to be position coaches. It just shows you what he's got churning out. And, uh, again, it's, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Zoolander, and he talks about the – Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good and Want to Do Other Stuff Good, too. I feel like Nick Saban's running a coaching center for coaches who want to learn how to coach good and do other stuff good, too. <laughs> uh, it's really it's really amazing uh, to see the coaching tree continue to branch. And, of course, it all started with Bill Belichick with Saban under him. Uh, but you're hiring guys like Doug Marone to be your offensive line coach. And, uh, you know, you've seen some of the analysts that they've hired, uh, even all the way down to Butch Jones, who just took the Arkansas State job. And it's just amazing what Nick Saban's been able to do. He's obviously at the top of his game still. He's a titan of the sport. And, you know, when you're able to, to hire, like I said, ex-NFL head coaches not too long ago either uh, to be position coaches and coordinators, you're obviously doing something right. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people have forgotten Dumeron just a couple of seasons ago was a fourth quarter away from playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl if Tom Brady doesn't bring the Patriots back against Blake Bortles. I mean, he almost had Blake Bortles in the Super Bowl. Just, you know, let's let the audience <laughs> think about that for a second. So uh, he, he's a good coach, too. Just that Jacksonville stuff, you know, hey, we that's another podcast. This is SEC. We're not going to get into the Jaguars here on Talking SEC. But, uh, man, uh, Jake, it's, it's been great having you on the show. I think, uh, you know, I could keep asking questions, but we're limited on time. Uh, uh, we have to do we have to do a part two sometime. I guess we'll have to plan that sometime down the road. But, uh, anyways, I do. This has been a lot of fun talking uh, SEC and talking ball with you. And if the listeners want to follow you online, where can they find you and where can they check out the J-Boy Show? Oh, well, I really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do a part two. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, it's just the J-Boy Show, T-H-E-J-B-O-Y-S-H-O-W. We're on iHeartRadio everywhere. You can go to thejboyshow.com. Find us there. Also on Twitter and Instagram, at the J-Boy Show, and Facebook, just the J-Boy Show. Uh, we're always throwing content out there. Got some big stuff. Got Hugh Freeze coming on this week. Uh, I'll, I'll break a little news here. I, I guess we'll keep it low-key until the podcast comes out, but Justin Gorini, a.k.a. Little Sweet from the Dr. Pepper commercials. Nice. Uh, he also finished second American Idol to Kelly Clarkson is going to come on. We're going to talk some sports and what he's got going. Uh, and got some more, uh, some uh, Pat Dye Juniors coming on as well. So a lot of stuff going on, and we really appreciate it. All right, man. Yeah, great stuff there. I mean, everybody go check out the Jay Boy Show. Great guest every single day. And, uh, man, I do appreciate you taking that time out, coming on the podcast this week. And, uh, like I said, I hope we can do this again sometime down the road. Hey, anytime, just hit me up. I appreciate you, man. And once again, thanks to Jake Crane for jumping on this week's edition of Talking SEC. Really appreciate him taking the time out to come on the show. And uh, just a lot of fun. So go check out the J-Boy Show. Uh, you heard him there. He's got some good guests coming up on his show. And like I said, every single day he's putting out great, great content. So if you're a sports fan, you don't have to be an SEC football fan or football fan. I mean, any sports, anything you like in sports, check out Jake. He does a great job with what he's doing. Now, Told you to open the show to if you would if you would stay tuned to after my conversation uh, there with Jake that I would have a uh, interesting thing I wanted to say here. Um, Talking SEC is coming at you every single week, of course. Uh, so nothing changing there. So this announcement has nothing to do really with this podcast, but this audience I w- hope will migrate over to what I'm about to announce. I have recently been doing Talking Pro Football, but. Uh, I am going to alter the name of the Pro Football Show. Uh, it's going to go from Talking Pro Football to the Cover 2 with Philip Jordan. And I, I did a show called the Cover 2 probably about two years ago. Actually, it led into Talking SEC. Does that show turn into a non-SEC show? So I said, let's just go with Talking SEC. So what the Cover 2 is going to be, I will say it's 70% going to be NFL stuff. I'll be honest with you here. But I also will talk national college football stuff over there now here talking sec all we do is talk sec football that is the focus that's where we stay but on the cover two a lot of nfl talk but i will also talk college football from a national standpoint i mean i will, I will probably still have sec kind of guests over there too uh, but if i ever have an sec guest on that show i'll also put that conversation into this feed as well so i will warn you the first couple of uh, weeks or episodes of the Name the cover two returning for that show. Like I said, this show talking to see is staying the same. Don't you guys worry at all. But for that one, I am going uh, to probably put uh, for two or three weeks, 
those episodes in the Talking SEC feed. Just let you guys know, get you get a taste. Look, if you don't want to listen to it, perfectly fine. If this is all you want. You can just not download that episode. But I will be putting the Cover 2 episode just for two to three weeks. That's it. Then all you'll see here. Just to kind of help introduce it to people. And I hope you guys will check that out as well. But uh be back next week. Uh, don't know we'll do it i will be doing state of the program eventually i I might start that next week uh there's a good chance that happens starting next week and what that will be i'm going to go through each and every school in the sec Uh, each team will get its own dedicated episode so just kind of looking at looking back at the season and then looking forward to spring and after spring we'll do it all over again when we're previewing to the season stuff like that so uh some cool stuff coming up on the podcast i just want to let you guys know what i'm gonna be doing with that and please check out all my work over at last word on college football as well and uh, the new episode or first episode or whatever of the cover two will be dropping on wednesday which if you're an nfl fan check that out we're going to be breaking down super bowl 55 which saw the buccaneers defeat the uh the chiefs on sunday so uh looking forward to that and um probably throw some college football talk on that show as well anyways i do appreciate the time guys uh once again thank you jake crane for coming on the show like i said had a lot of fun talking to him uh hope to do that part two we talked about there at the end because uh, there was so much more stuff i would have liked to talk about him but he'd podcast for 30 minutes trying to keep it too long but anyways guys uh, thank you for tuning into this episode remember you can follow me on social media at p jordan sec you can find the show on twitter at talking sec pod of course, um, you can find the podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. Uh, you can check out clips of the podcast on Martin Rogers TV. There's one up right now on his SEC channel from last week. Me and Brandon Eisman, we were talking Arkansas, which there's some other ones that are probably going to be popping up in the next day or so during this week over on Martin Rogers TV. And, of course, you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. Anyways, guys, hope you have a great rest of the week. Please check out the cover, too. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Talkin' SEC. Follow Philip on social media at PJordanSEC and the show at Talkin' SEC Pod. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time when we're Talkin' SEC.